Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the Ulfire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at Ulfire. At Ulfire, we specialise in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. This is episode number 38 and today we're going to be talking about, about maintaining simplicity in virtual team communications. Now, as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying blog article on the Ulfire website, so please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, of course, subscribe to our regular newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and generally find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So virtual team communications and simplicity of messages in virtual team communications is is a very interesting and challenging space to uh, to consider. Um, fundamentally, most organizations will have their own internal jargons and most people like to use those jargons. They like to use the the language of their profession and the language of the space in which they work. But the tendency is that over time, this use of language and use of text and use of um, of different jargons can complex complicate communications to the point where for many people receiving the messages um, they really just don't want to hear it anymore it becomes too uh, too opaque it becomes too difficult to understand what what is being said and too difficult to actually see the basis and the context of the message inside of uh, what can be a fairly heavy codified piece of communication. So for this particular podcast, we've put together a number of different things to, to consider, things to avoid and things to try and do when you're un- undertaking communications within your virtual teams to maintain that level of simplicity, to try and avoid the complexity and to try and make your communications the, the glue that binds your team members together. So we have eight different um, things to consider in here and we'll work through them one at a time and then have a quick recap at the end and um, and see how we go. So the first one then is to use simple language in all of your communications. Now there are, particularly in virtual teams, you may very well be working with people for whom your language, your project language, maybe their second or third language, may even be a language that they've never really formally learnt and they've just picked up bits and pieces along the way. So consequently for these people, if you start to weave a lot of complex jargon into the language that you use, you very quickly will begin to lose them as far as your effective communications go. And if you're not being effective and not being direct and 
able to understand in your communications, you're really going to start to fail very quickly to build relationships with your team members and for those team members to feel engaged. So you need to try and avoid as much jargon as you possibly can when you're dealing with uh, with these communications, particularly if you find yourself dealing with organizational structures where where you have offices that rely on multiple different languages for their uh, for their communications so that's the first point that we would recommend the second one is to use a, a limited number of common platforms for all of your communications it seems every week every day these days another communications platform emerges and it's very tempting sometimes just to keep adding more and more and more platforms to your um, to your toolkit, if you like, to your uh, to your mechanisms that you use for communication. We really would caution against doing this. Every new tool that you add, everybody on your project needs to learn how to use it. They need to learn how to file correspondence from it if it's something where the t- correspondence itself is fileable, and they need to work out how to get in and how to get the most from it. So you need to really try and limit your palette of communication platforms to the minimum that you need to achieve what you need. So you need fundamentally some form of written communication. Now, traditionally these days, that's email. There are a couple of other uh, sort of email-like systems around, such as Slack, which are worth very much worth looking at. But pick one and stick to it for the duration of your project. Similarly with audio, you may well find that using a regular telephone for a lot of your communications may become very expensive. So you may opt to use some form of VOIP, voice over internet protocol communications, whether that be Skype or whether it be a Skype type platform doesn't really matter. But again, pick one and stick to it and make that one your standard for your project. Um, Video, again, if you're using video on a one-to-one basis within your project team, pick whichever platform works best for your team. Again, it may be Skype or it may be something that's embedded within some of the other um, um, communications tools that are around, but pick that one. Similarly for uh, video conferencing, choose the one that you're going to use as a corporate standard and use that one because that way everybody in the organization will have access to the same platform, the same tools, and they'll all be compatible. If you use a website for regular updates, then build it and use it in a consistent way. Similarly, if you use, if you produce audio webcasts or video podcasts, sorry, or let's try that one the other way around, video or audio webcasts or podcasts, stick to a similar platform, a similar tool, and a similar frequency for what you use. Any other tools that may pop up around the outside, things like Twitter and 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 so forth, we would really recommend that you that you try not to use those for regular correspondence, but mainly mainly just for for the occasional little piece of information here and there. So the third item we would recommend that you consider is to to maintain cultural sensitivity in your communications. Now we've talked and written extensively on cultural sensitivity within within the Ulfire organizational structure. So uh, one recommendation here would be to go back and uh, follow the links through on the blog article that sits with the podcast and follow that back to some of our cultural sensitive 
articles that we've written. Um, things that you need to consider is the the way that your organisational personnel, how they form their groups and teams, what their perspectives are, what their hierarchy is and so forth. So be considerate of that when you're putting together correspondence and that correspondence then will stand less of a risk of alienating team members accidentally or intentionally. Try and avoid holding meetings that sit outside of core working time is the fourth point that we would uh, that we would recommend you consider now this can be very very difficult if you're working in a global 24-hour environment it can then be almost impossible to have the opportunity for everybody to be at work when you have your discussions but where you can we would really strongly recommend that you try to hold conversations where they are verbal or where they are synchronous at times when the majority of the people that need to be part of that can be doing so during their normal working hours. Once you start to encroach onto people's personal time, you can start to alienate family members. You can start to also become, um, you can start to have very tired employees because people may find that they need to be on these discussions regularly at very late hours of night or very early hours of the morning. They start to lose out on sleep. And as people start to lose out on sleep, their decision making uh, abilities start to fade. And if you're working in a in a high risk safety type of an environment you really don't want tired personnel walking around your um, your plant or your facility so that would be the next point we would recommend the next one is to avoid jargon and business speak now business speak things like using terms like EBITDA EBITA uh, and so forth when you're producing correspondence that are going to go to people that don't need to see that sort of information or in many cases just plain aren't interested in it can really start to alienate some of your employees quite quickly so you need to be conscious of where that business speak gets used and use it where it's appropriate absolutely but where it's not appropriate just don't just don't use it exclude it or simplify it or explain it in a way if you can't explain things in a way that makes sense to the common people then you probably don't need to be explaining it to anybody Um, similarly with jargon um, most technical teams have their own language they have their own jargon that everybody uses and everybody understands and again using that jargon for in-team communication is great but once that jargon starts to get used external to the team it can become um, it can become alienating for the people that see it don't understand it and think that other people are just trying to exclude them so where possible try and keep your messages jargon free and only use business speak where you need to the next point we would recommend is to keep communications and this particularly applies to written communications to a single message per piece of communication so if you're writing emails try to keep each email on one message keep the messages brief keep them focused and send them to the people that need to see them as you start sometimes to add more and more uh, messages to an email the email firstly becomes very long it can become very complicated the circulation list can become far longer you also then start to lose track as a recipient 
in terms of what you need to respond to and what you don't need to respond to on some of these messages. So again, keep your email messages and your written correspondence short, focused, single message for each one. That may mean that you mean that may need to write multiple messages if you want to cover multiple points, but that will then mean that each message will have its own string. You'll be able to quickly work out who needs to read what. You'll also quickly be able to see when people reply on particular subjects. So keep your messages single source. The final point we would recommend is to avoid copying in unnecessary numbers of recipients. And indeed, if you're holding video conferences or teleconferences, try and avoid including people who just don't need to be there. The more people you copy in on an email, the more people need to read it, file it, reply to it, forward it, delete it, um, consider it, and every transaction in there takes time and costs your business money. And that's time when people could be looking at other correspondence, dealing with other matters, getting on with their normal day jobs. If they can avoid reading email and correspondence that they just don't need to see, then don't send it to them would be the recommendation. Similarly, when you have video meetings, telephone conferences and so forth, if people don't need to be part of that conversation and they come along to the meetings, then find a polite way to excuse them or to ask them to 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 uh, to go back to their desks and then and then re- invite them in when they're needed. That way you don't have a large number of people sitting around wasting their time, wasting your paid time in meetings that are just not productive for them. So these are the points that we would recommend then. So quickly to recap, to use simple language in all communications, to try and stick to common platforms for all of your communications, to be culturally sensitive in the communications that you make, to avoid communications that impact on non-work time for your employees, to avoid using jargon and business speak where it's just not necessary, to keep communications to a single message and to avoid copying in unnecessary numbers of recipients. So I hope that this episode has been has been of some use and some interest and if it has please do check us out at www.ulfire.com.au And while you're there, subscribe to our podcast feed to keep up to date with future episodes. And of course, subscribe to our fortnightly newsletter, which has all sorts of different uh, happenings in the virtual teams space included in it. And I look forward to speaking to you in future podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.